G'day regular radio regulars, it's that time again, you're listening to the podcast that showcases and sports bands and musicians from here in Australia and around the world. I'm your host JD, unfortunately M has entered her maternity leave period and as such I'm all on my own here in the studio and you're completely stuck with me for the foreseeable future. We've got two interviews lined up for this episode, both of which are amazing musicians in their own rights, however maybe on different sides of the musical spectrum. One of our regulars and all-round favourite Gold Coasters is back with us for another chat after his last appearance on regular radio in November 2019. His latest album, Lighted Up, released on 25th of February 2022. Not even two weeks later, it hit number one on the ARIA Top 20 Australian Country Albums chart. Firstly, welcome back to the show, Casey Barnes. And as always, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, JD. Good to be with you, mate. Mate, I almost forgot to say your last name because I realised I didn't type it in on the run sheet. I'm like, it's a bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, no no relation to Jimmy, but um, massive respect. Uh, yes, no, definitely not related. No, do you get that question often? Yeah, occasionally. Def- like Probably early on in my career I got it a bit, um, but not so much now. I think most people know, you know, we, uh, we're we not related. But um, huge respect, funnily enough, I, his son, Jackie, plays drums in his band and we, um, for the very first time, um, my normal drummer, Wazza, who's been playing with me for over 15 years, wasn't available for a show we did um, towards the end of last year. And Jackie jumped in and played um, drums, so it was pretty funny. It was it was that awesome. That was on the Gold Coast down at Broadbeach, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for Groundwater Country yeah, Music I Festival. Yeah, I think M was there for yeah. that. Unfortunately, I wasn't there, but I did read uh, one of your posts about him jumping in, so that would have been pretty cool. It was very cool, and he's an amazing player as well, and really lovely guy, so... So uh, we're happy to be brothers from another mother. <laughs> now, if I remember correctly, the last time we spoke, you'd just been signed. You'd released a new album, which is you know, a fair while ago. Been gigging yourself stupid. Since then, we've had the big C word, causing problems for the industry worldwide. And yet, all I can see when I scroll through your social media is it appears you didn't stop working a single day during the pandemic. And you've had a heck of a lot to show for it. How do you balance such an incredible workload and being a pretty big family man at the same time? Yeah, oh, oh, good question. I mean, we yeah, we've worked harder than we've ever worked the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously, even with the setbacks of COVID, not being able to tour as much as we would have liked to, but um, been um, very fortunate to you know to still have um, a couple of successful years, and um, it's been good getting the balance. I mean, with all of the lockdowns and you know not being able to tour, I've actually been able to spend quite a bit of time at home. So it's it's been um, a, a quite a good um, you know balance of both and and now it's sort of we're at that point where things are opening up again and we've just announced a, a pretty massive tour so we're finally you know getting back out on the road um over the last couple of weeks so looking forward to a lot of that yeah and hopefully this weather starts to clear up for you too what a horrible few weeks it's been in queensland or yeah well we had it's funny if it wasn't COVID, we um we were meant to be playing a show in um in yamba this friday night but yamba's currently cut off um you cannot get in or out so we um we've had to postpone that show which is a a shame but our next um our next run is uh we're heading to melbourne um next week and we're going to play show there on the friday night then we're playing at the the footy on the star the saturday which is going to be amazing for round one of the the afl so that is going to be that's going to be awesome look it's always nice to go on holiday but it feels even better these days going even just interstate considering that we haven't been able to travel anywhere for so long and the lucky few of us that haven't been a party to 
too many lockdowns, but I know the Melbournians might disagree on that. They've been through a fair bit, but I'm sure it would be nice for you to be able to go and do those interstate gigs again. Yeah, it is. You know, we were lucky. Um, we launched the album last weekend um, down in Tassie, and we did three sold-out shows down there, and it was um, it was just the best feeling to, you know, get back out and, and play some interstate shows. And Tassie's my, um, originally my home state where I was born, so it was nice to go back and do it all down there and um, see a lot of, heck of a lot of familiar faces. It was great. Yeah. Actually, funnily enough, I just read that this morning because usually I flick through our artists and bands social media to find out the information I need tends to be more up-to-date and more accurate than Wikipedia tends to be. But I saw that you were from Tassie on there. I was like, ah, that's somewhere I've always wanted to go and I've never really spoken to anyone because there's no musicians like Tasmanian page for social networking. Usually I try and social network our podcast on those sorts of pages so we can get in touch with local artists or producers, whatever. They can give us those details and pass on bands and artists that might be interested in coming on the podcast. And Tassie is one of those ones I've never been able to track down a page for it. Really? Yeah. Look, it's um, there's some talent down there. You know, it's it's one place where it's not a huge state, not a massive population, but you know, per capita, when you look at um, you know musicians and and a lot of massive sporting um, stars of you know all, all different types of sport have come out of Tassie so um you know it's one of those places where there's not a heck of a lot to do so if you don't get into sport or you don't get into music it's um can be a bit of a worry so you know that's why there's probably so many kids that that do get into it yeah that's it there's not too many options outside of that but uh look light it up is your sixth studio album how do you stick to a format for your writing and recording or do you like to shake things up when it comes to songwriting and releasing new music yeah, we wanted to, you know, we wanted to mix things up a bit with this album and, and we wanted to do something, you know, really exciting and make sure it was a step up from the previous, you know, record that we brought out, which I think it is. And, um, you know, I've got to, to team up with some great songwriters here in Australia and, and co-write a lot of tracks with some, um, some writers over in America as well. And, um, you know, we wanted to make sure these tracks were going to be great for the record, but also great to perform live as well, because we, you know, we pride ourselves on having a, a really, a really strong live show. So um, that was really part of the, um, a big part of the the um, songwriting process and which tracks made the record. But yeah, look, so far, it's had a great response, you know, um, to debut at number one on the Aria country charts was, was you know, fantastic. So we're really, um, we're really chuffed. Yeah, that's awesome. And the last time I saw you live was at Night Quarter, which was a while ago, because Night Quarter's now up on the Sunshine Coast. So it's, um, you know, considering the show and how good of a performance you put on, that was probably two, three years ago, easily. Um, I can only imagine things have gotten better. So yeah, I, I can definitely understand how you got to number one, mate. Um, you've done very well so far. Oh, mate, we're lucky to have really loyal fans. You know, it's something that I'm like, yeah, I, I'm very fortunate to have some some great um, support and and fans that you know that um, have gone out and bought the record, but also that you know often travel all around the country to come and see us play too. So it's um, it's great. It's That's really you know, especially the, these last couple of singles to go out and play in different parts of Australia and have the crowd know the words to the songs and sing them back, you know, that's um, it was actually really special when we when we launched the album down in Tassie last week and there's one particular song called God Took His Time On You which has been getting a yep. lot of um, radio play all over the place and, yeah, just sort of having everyone 
sort of sing the words back and um it it's was an eerie feeling isn't it especially when it becomes a large group of people and like oh i didn't know you all knew the words to that yeah it is it's very cool uh, you actually led into my next question perfectly so because one thing i really love about visiting your social media is reading the posts that you get tagged in not the posts that you make people who clearly oh, yeah. love your music support your career in such a passionate way and i'm wondering is there something completely reminiscent of country music fans or is this a casey barnes fan club phenomena oh look i mean i'd like to think that i'm i'm my fans i mean everyone every artist probably likes to think they've got the best fans but i really do like i i really think my the fans that i have are just super supportive and very loyal but it's one one other thing with country music that um you find is is yeah they're they're just incredibly supportive um and loyal fans and um one of the things i love the most about country music is is the the community and the the friends that you make and um you know some of my fans have become great friends like actually just not just um within my music but outside of music as well you know there's um it's it's great i love it oh that's great look we've included your track lighted up which is also from the album of the same name in case anyone's wondering in our episode playlist and i hear that it's getting used for something else pretty special can you share a bit of information about that yeah, well, this this is a bit of an exclusive because we haven't actually announced it publicly yet. But I'm sure by the time this goes to air, it'll be all okay. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, we um, I, when I sat down and wrote this song, light it up. It's um, it's one of those sort of anthemic sort of vibes, and it's about coming back from adversity, and um, you know, which a lot of us can relate to. You know, over the last couple of years, we've all been through a pretty yeah. rough time, and we've come out the other end. And and this is all about you know. Um, getting back to where you should be and, and um, it's got a positive spin on it. And we um, we just got the news that the AFL are using it for the um, their campaign for the for the new season on Channel 7, which is amazing news. Um, so we're uh, very excited about that. So you'll be hearing it at least for the next couple of weeks all over um, Channel 7 for the, yeah, for the AFL. And we're heading down there up. Um, next week to play at um, at the MCG for round one. So that's going to be incredible. That's great. Actually, the band we interviewed, uh, I can't remember if it was the last episode of the episode before, they're called Valleys on the Gold Coast here, local band. They were nominated for, there's a competition going around to be the Titans home game band, basically. And I think it's probably over by now. And I haven't read the results. I must check that out. But yeah, same thing. They were entering a competition in this t- you know same sort of similar to what you're doing but you were actually given it <laughs> and they were hoping to yeah get the chance to perform live and they had to write a specific riff for whenever a try scored or you know conversion made and i thought that was pretty cool so i mean just to be offered that's fantastic another great piece of promotion for you 100 percent. yeah look that sort of exposure is incredible so very very lucky mate and um we're excited yeah excited to have the new album out excited to be back doing some uh live shows and and um we are playing actually a local show here on the gold coast on the 21st of may at miami marketo which is one of my favorite venues but we're also playing a heck of a lot of shows all around the country as well so it's going to be um it's going to be nice to get back out on the road have you got any annual favorite events that are coming up that you're looking forward to 
Yeah, gee, there's a lot. I mean, um, I love playing. We're doing the Gimpy Muster. Um, obviously, we did Groundwater a couple of months ago, which is one of my absolute favourite festivals to play. Yep. But one on the bucket list has always been to play at Blues Fest, and mm-hmm. we are finally playing at Blues Fest in, uh, at Easter time in April. So that one's going to be a big one to tick off the list, and we can't wait to play there. You're taking the tents and having a bit of camp on the grounds with everyone else? Yeah, we. I wish, but we, unfortunately, we got to play um, the Friday and the Saturday night, and then we have to fly out straight away on the Sunday morning to go and play another festival. So um, we won't get a chance to probably, um, you know, enjoy and lap it all up like we probably would have liked to. But it's it's going to be nice to be part of the the lineup. It's an incredible um, lineup this year, and a lot of great Australian acts are on the on the bill too. I can't believe how many they've added on. Like when they did the first release, I was like, "Oh, this is a decent looking blues fest." And then they've done another two release announcements since then, and it's only really gotten better. Yeah. So like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, when anyone... it comes to Aussie and New Zealand, I mean, it's you couldn't ask for a better a better lineup. Really, it's um it's fantastic. So yeah, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch some of the bands as well. Yo, congratulations for getting on that. Now, I have to ask, seeing as our last guest and Em had a full-on sesh about it, you're a proud dad and she's currently on maternity leave. Can you give her any parenting tips based on your own experience as she is a first-time mum as of a couple of days ago? Oh, gee, so many. There's so many pieces of advice I could give, but um, I would say just enjoy every moment because it goes so quickly. You know, you might be sitting there at the moment and not getting much sleep and, you know, it, it can get stressful, but it goes so quickly and it is the best thing that'll ever happen to you um, becoming a parent. So lap it up and enjoy. Good work, Em. And uh, yeah, come back and help me for my next episode, please. And thank you. <laughs> Look, as always, Casey, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us at such short notice, especially. I can't wait to have you in the studio one day when the world sorts itself out. Wishing you all the best for 2022, mate. Can you let our listeners know the best place to find you online and the best way to listen to your music? Yeah, sure. Look, you can find all my social links on the website, um, caseybarnes.com.au. Yeah, can connect on Facebook and Instagram and uh, even TikTok, which is uh, which is all the go now. But um, otherwise, if you want to stream my music, you can check it out on uh, Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes, and um, and the new album's out on CD. And we've even done a very limited run on vinyl as well. Oh. So um, so all of those places you can yeah check out the new the new record. You kind of have to these days with all the vinyl resurgence coming in. Like I can't believe how many bands have even today on Facebook looking at yours. I saw a bunch of other bands that I follow pop up that have brought bringing out vinyl reissues of albums they previously released on CD and or digitally and hadn't brought out on vinyl. So it's good to yeah, see it's, artists it's getting into it. It's amazing what you can do too now. Like you can design them however you like and the vinyl themselves can be any sort of different colour. So ours is going to be this fluorescent orange and which ties in with a lot of the theming, um, the colours we've used on the on the record. So, yeah, it's exciting. I, I'm, I'm yet to get my hands on a copy. They're, they're, um, they're very close to being delivered. There's a, a bit of a global delay on, um, on vinyl everywhere at the moment. So we've been waiting to get them, but they're very close and I can't wait to um, get my hands on one. 
That's awesome. Mono after Nick Round. Oh, Nick Round and Nick went off you, for lack of a better term. Yes. <laughs> Look, you can check out Chasey's track, Light It Up, on our episode 11 playlist via the link in the podcast episode or via our social media pages as well. We'll chuck links up there. Be sure to give it a listen and follow Casey for some great music from an all-around great guy. Thank you again, Casey. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, mate. We'll talk to you again soon. Now for a quick trip across the ditch to Wellington, New Zealand, and we've got Sam Monty on the line. Welcome to the podcast, and thank you for taking the time to chat with us, Sam. Hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, apparently you have the dreaded C word. Uh, yes, that's right. I have dreaded C word. Uh, my, my wife's got it at the moment. She's wrapped up in bed, and she's had it since Friday, and she's already bored shitless, so enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty boring. <laughs> oh, exactly. Now, look, we like to pride ourselves on the fact we support all music, genres, styles, and the forms that those sometimes become when grouped. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your musical style, and your influences? Yeah, sure. So I'm from Auckland in New Zealand. I've been sort of listening to rock since I was a kid. I got into guitar when I was like 10, just was hearing heaps of that stuff. Yeah, he played in a sort of like a rock band for like seven years or so. And then that finished, we all went off to uni and stuff. So I did a jazz course in Auckland and that was fun. Learned a lot of stuff there. And so now the album I've released, Montage, is kind of like the combination of those two influences, I would say. Mate, there's, yeah. some, there's some jazz enthusiasts that refuse to recognize electric guitar as part of a jazz or stage band. Personally, I'd love the blend of guitar with percussion, brass, keys or organ. What led you to release an album of instrumental tracks that are so heavily influenced by their guitar parts? Good question. So, like, I just wrote the tunes when I was in uni, so they were kind of for, like, jazz assignments. Just have such a really strong influence from, like, rock and stuff, so they ended up sounding pretty guitar-heavy. And then just, like, improvise them with the band. I feel like the main thing about jazz for me is just the improvisation aspect. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can definitely tell. But, <clears> I mean, the music moves quite well changes direction in a natural way where sometimes when you hear bad jazz musicians where it feels forced from one part to another and you're sort of like oh yeah key change is nice but probably need to be there that sort of thing whereas yeah listening Uh to your whole album this afternoon i was like this is great i just put it on the background and vibed out while i was typing oh that's sick thanks bro it's just i just like those kinds of chords and stuff sort of stay in one key center quite a lot yeah just more came from the rock background so yeah yeah Again, listening to the album, there's a number of great performances on there. What did you perform in terms of instrumentation? Was it just the guitar and what team of pros did you gather to perform the remaining parts? I just did the guitar, just stuck to the guitar. I just basically wrote the compositions, made charts for all the other players and we were just all doing honours in Wellington for jazz. So we were all just playing a lot and stuff. Put it together for an assignment really, just uh, finished off some old compositions, made the charts easy for the band to read. Didn't rehearse it too much just gave them the charts and we just kind of did the studio session and then i actually spent i spent a while after that like yeah so the other players some real great players from wellington jeremy richardson on drums played with him quite a bit last year harrison skulls on bass he's a real good bass player plays with like arjuna oaks and cerebi at the moment they're a cool duo from wellington who else uh, so we had akash duta on the keys yeah he did a really amazing performance played on his album as well ethnographica uh, he's a real cool into like those sort of israel influences which i'd also been checking out like for the jazz 
And then also had Nicholas Borkmonsell on the sax. Yeah, he played some real cool stuff. I did like that. I'm a tenor sax lad from a while ago. So I was listening oh, to cool. it going, yeah, this is my jam. I like this. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> my jam. So you yes, uh, still in Wellington or have you finished and you're back in Auckland now? Yeah, still in, still in Wellington. So just sort of living down here now. Yeah. What's the industry um, like down there in terms of supporting the jazz industry? Do, do you have any... Favourite venues that pull a good crowd down there for jazz? Yeah, so there's like Meow and Moon and San Fran. Then there's like Rogan Vagabond, Hishigozaki, the library. There was a garden bar as well. I think heaps of people are keen, heaps of um, venues are keen for it, just need to book a date. So I was hoping to do that this year, but COVID's made it a bit tricky for now. Yeah, it's a really good scene down here. Like, And there's a Wellington Jazz Festival and stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Now, obviously, you recorded that at uni. Did you guys produce that yourself or did you have someone produce it that was experienced in producing jazz music? Because I know that the process of recording jazz is vastly different than process for recording modern rock or pop music. So it, it would have been interesting to be in that environment and hear how you guys went you know, and attempted that. Yeah, we had Richard Kaigal did the engineering for that, set up the mics, gave us all the headphone mix, sort of had the keyboard and the piano, pe- keyboard for three of the tracks, piano for four of the tracks. I just went through a jazz chorus, stereo, with my effects pedals, had all the mics on the drums, obviously. It was all live one take. Um, so the thing that's kind of interesting, though, is after we recorded it, he gave me the files, and then I went ahead and sort of opened them up in Logic, and um, just kind of played around for um, sort of like four weeks, just kind of like trying to make it sound cool to my ear. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of like panning, and I did quite a lot of EQing and compression stuff. Oh, it was definitely well produced, like in terms of quality. I guess these days there's not too many professional jazz bands out there that are producing stuff commercially, um, certainly not for commercial radio or anything like that, but in terms of being mm. able to compare it to previous stuff that I've listened to, um, which is more traditional jazz where you wouldn't have had things like panning or even stereo sound back then, it was fantastic. Mm. Very easy listening, very well recorded, sounds were really nice, everything was where it should have been on the EQ spectrum, I guess. Um, it just, yeah, it was nice. a pleasure to listen to. Wow, thanks. That That's really nice to hear because, yeah, I was just trusting my ear, basically. Well, that's, and, what, um, that's what you got to do as a producer. So, and, yeah, But, yeah, but, like, other than that, like, yeah, it was just, you know, mean performances and mean mic setup and good mics and stuff and just, just good to hear a band playing because I feel like that's kind of rare these days sometimes, um, other than in jazz, obviously. There's yeah, yeah. It's people doing it. But then also I listen to a lot of rock and pop and heavily produced music like that. So mm. sort of want to hear that in my jazz as well. Like um, so like I listen to like Kamasi Washington and Christian Scott, cats like that, because they use a lot of production as well, yeah. modern production. Have you thought about <clears> touring it around once things start to open up a bit? Yeah, I was going to definitely tour it around and stuff, um, or like at least book a gig in Wellington for starters. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> that was good stuff. Then, yeah, yeah. Obviously, COVID at the moment is sort of peaking in New Zealand. Yep. So um, can't do it yet, but yeah, that's going to be fun when when we can do that. Yeah, that's great. Look, cheers, Sam, for being a part of the show. It's always great for us to chat to people from outside our local bubble here on the Gold Coast in Australia. And it's even better when they come from a niche genre of music that we don't always get. I've had a bit of jazz in the past, but in terms of quality, I can definitely say yours has been one of the best tracks we've had submitted, if not the best jazz track we've had submitted. So if you'd like to check out Sam Monty's wow. track, She Sells Seashells on the Seashore, try and say that five times fast. 
Be sure to have a listen to the regular radio episode 11 playlist. And if you're in Wellington, New Zealand, treat yourself and head off to a Sam Monty gig ASAP. Well, that concludes the formal yeah. part of the episode. Now we're off to Canberra with the latest in music news from the one and only Newsman. Thank you again, Sam. It's very much appreciated. And yeah, thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, thanks so much, JD. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. G'day regular radio regulars and welcome to our news segment for this episode. I'm Newsman, your friendly Canberra correspondent. Gee, a lot has happened in the world since I last shared the news with you. Of course, we've had some massive floods here at home in Australia. Quite devastating, really, if you haven't seen them. Uh, Of course, we've had the barbaric Russian invasion, which is awful. We've had M give birth. So some fantastic news there, but regulars, what completely trumps all of that is the story I'm going to share with you right now. So let's get into it. The Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication will always be a first-class earworm and, at the time of the song's release, was so successful as to have spread across the globe like wildfire. One adjacent element of its appeal was the music video directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, which features a made-up series of video game levels with each of the band members undertaking some sort of activity in a virtual California. It's by far the group's most popular video with, at the time of writing, just under 920 million views. Developer Mikkel Camps Ortiza said, I wanted to play that game so bad. It's 2022 and I haven't seen anyone make the game, so I challenged myself to create it. I have selected some epic moments from the video and turned into seven levels, each one with different game mechanics. I hope you like the game. The game in the music video does look pretty rad, and Ortiz's attempt to recreate it is certainly a fun way to spend half an hour. For understandable reasons, the download doesn't include the music, but there are in-game buttons to play Californication or various covers in a browser while you're messing about. Yes, it is fairly rudimentary, but actually controlling something you once watched on MTV is undeniably pretty fun. The song itself is great too, and the combination of nostalgia and that vague longing everyone had that the game might be real results in an enjoyable experience. If you'd like to check out the game, you can download it for free by heading to our Twitter page and following the link to the game. That's at news underscore regular. PC, Mac and Android versions are all currently available. If nothing else, of course, it's just great to finally play the most anticipated title of 1999. And I know for a fact that JD is going to be heading there right now. can almost see him sneaking out of our studio um, in order to download that game. So regulars, definitely worth checking it out. Hope you've enjoyed our story for this uh, episode. And until next time, stay regular.